Hey everybody, welcome to Best Show Best. This is the best of the best show, the new version of the best show. And for people who don't know, the best show takes place each and every Tuesday night from 9 p.m. till midnight over at thebestshow.net. And if you uh, are new to the program, these are little bite-sized greatest hits samples of what we do every week. So check this out, and if you want more, you can listen to the full three-hour extravaganza and check it out. And if you want to support The Best Show, the way to do that is to uh, download the episodes and to give us reviews on iTunes and to tell people that the show is back and that you like it. So please check out this new episode of Best Show Bests. What do I have to do here? Did we do this? Let me make sure I did the things. Did it. Did it. Did it. Did it. Did it. Did it. Oh, we have a guest. Oh, that's right. Oh, my goodness. This is great. We got Jake Tempest. Let me to bring him up. I'm going to, before our guest, uh, let me, let me intro, uh, him first, you know, uh, on the show, we, I, we've talked to so many different musicians for, for the, over the years and, uh, people of all different stripes, but, um, I don't think I've ever talked to somebody, I guess, I guess infamous is the best way to describe, uh, my guest tonight and people are definitely know who this guy is. If you were. If you were at all a fan of like heavy rock in the mid to late eighties, you knew this guy's band, uh, Blue Savage. They were all over MTV, all over the radio. I mean, so so many songs you would know. Little Girl Lost, Milk and Cookies, Down to Party, Wasted Youth, Dip You in Chocolate, so many like hits these guys had, Blue Savage had. Uh, between like, I think like 87 to 1990 would have been. And, uh, this guy is the, he was the, the voice of Blue Savage and the kind of the, the focal point of the whole band, Jake Tempest. He was the front man, total larger than life character, kind of quick. Like, I guess, like, like a very fiery, kind of volatile, quick-tempered kind of guy. Uh, definitely one of, you know, like one of the, like one of the hotheads of rock at that point in the 80s. And uh, he definitely, uh, we definitely would pay the price for it, uh, for his, his volatility. And... Uh, He's just about to release a solo album. It's his first album in 21 year, 21 years since Phoenix Rising. This album's called Back in the Saddle and I have not heard it yet. Um I guess that's that maybe that's like an Aerosmith uh like a tip of the hat to Aerosmith. Um I don't know. We'll find out. Let's bring him to the show. Uh we have the uh the famous or infamous, as I said, frontman to Blue Savage, uh, Jake Tempest. Are you there, Jake? Hey, hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me, Tim. Um, okay, thanks for being on the show. Hey, you know, I do want to correct you on what you said. Uh, even though we did tour extensively with Aerosmith, uh, that title is not a nod to them. And I'll tell you, as much as I love Aerosmith, I could never name an album after a song by a band I blew off the stage every night. Oh, okay. I uh, sorry about that. I, I thought that might be what it is, but it isn't. So, um, but look, I know you're busy. Let's uh, let's just jump right into everything. Sounds great. Yeah, you have had such a wild ride for so many, so many years. And, um, you know, I, I say this with all due respect that it's, 
it's kind of amazing that you're still alive um, to even talk about your life and career in 2015. Yeah, <laughs> you know, those were some very crazy times, Tip. Uh, Tom is right. my name. Uh, anyway, you know, that was a different world back then in the 80s. You know, money, booze, and other things flowed like water. <laughs> Anything went, and boy, did it. I'll tell you what, that should be on my tombstone, right? Uh-huh. Anything went, and boy, did it. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, uh, okay. I mean... Kind of rolls off the tongue, don't it? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it's it's kind of a... It, it's kind of unique and generic at the same time, you know, like... It's like you've heard it, but you ain't ever heard it. Yes, exactly. Like, you heard it, but you ain't ever heard it. That's right. exactly what I meant to say. Right. Now, now Jake, uh, back in the, in the 80s and up into the early 90s, your lifestyle was the kind of lifestyle that must have made even, like, other rock stars... Uh, envious right like you were the guy who like you had had it all and you did it all oh, wait you mean other rock stars weren't rocking the sheets with the hottest women on the planet and partying with a-list movie stars heads of state and popes 24 <laughs> 7 wait you 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 partied with a pope oh yeah which pope john paul ii John Paul, Pope John Paul II. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This bishop in, uh, oh man, what was the town? Just this god-awful town we played a couple times. Oh, what was it called? Newbridge, New Jersey. Anyway, the bishop of this town introduced me to JP2. And this would have been, okay, it would have been 1988, I think. So that would have been the Panty Soaker Tour. That's a, not the, it's a. That, the name of that tour has not aged well, I guess. Isn't it? Uh-huh. It's pretty offensive. Is it? Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> and uh We can well, argue that all night, buddy. Okay, yeah, but we're I'm we're we don't have to argue it. I'd rather talk to you about other stuff. Uh, right. Uh, okay. Uh how how is it that you came to even be in the same room with the Pope? Uh well, um Bishop, uh, God, what was his name? Bishop Fontana, that was his name. He brought JP2 to the show that night. <laughs> Wait. The Pope John Paul II yeah. was at uh, one of your shows, at a Blue Savage show. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I can't believe that. We were ke- co-headlining with Poison. That night, and uh, if my memory serves, and I'll tell you, I mean, I've got a pretty good memory for what we did, you know, considering, you know, all the offenses. My memory of that night is that C.C. DeVille did a uh, sacramental wine bong with uh, the Pope that night. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. But it's true, though. I, I can tell, tell you maybe don't believe me, but if, I don't know how it is now, but back in the in the in the 80s, at least 70% of the Roman Catholic leadership, they were flagrant glam meddlers. And really? I, I remember J.P. the uh, second, he had a, uh, he, he had etched in, you know, like sewn in, into his very regal um, robe, Lucas Watum de Dominus Gatos Dragonum Inum. Which is, of course, Latin for "look what the cat dragged in." That's a, oh my, that's like a poison album title. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. I I had, I did not know that. Well, yeah. Well, well, look, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. You have no idea what it's like to be world famous, and no offense, listening to your speaking voice right now, you never will. <laughs> it's like talking to a prepubescent robot whose bolts haven't dropped yet. Oh, well that's that's nice to say. Um Look, let's let's okay, I I'm not going to argue that with you. Um You mentioned you dated a lot of uh famous women back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Like who who, who can I ask who some of those famous women were? Oh. <laughs> Sounds like someone's in total perv mode. 
No, I'm just wondering. You mentioned it, and I'm following up on it. Oh, all right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, man. It would be easier to name the ones whose panties I didn't inspect. Oh, that is the second time you've said that word, and uh, please don't say it anymore. All right. Well, oh, off the top of my head, uh, oof, Rebecca De Mornay, uh, Mary Hart, Kim Wilde, uh, Aaron Gray. Kelly LeBrock, Lisa Bonet, Tawny Katane, uh, Mia Sarah, um, Lita Ford, Victoria Principal, Shannon Tweed, uh, Yasmin Bleeth, Elizabeth Shue, uh, Leah Thompson, Fawn Hall, Samantha Fox, uh, who else? Uh, Heather Locklear, Nina Blackwood, uh, Helen Slater, uh, Justine Bateman, uh, Donna Rice. Paul Abdul, who else was there? Uh, Lisa Gibson, uh, no, Lisa Gibbons. God, I forget her name already. It's been so long ago. Uh, Elisa Milano, Robin Gibbons, uh, Debbie Gibson, uh, Dana Delaney, Lisa Hartman. There's a couple more. Who else? Uh, Lisa Hartman, uh, Jessica Hahn, Natasha Kinsky. Who else? Uh, Cheryl Teagues. Vanna White, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, Bobby Brown from you know all those metal videos, uh, Tanya Roberts, um, Jody Watley, Barbara Walters, to name just a couple. Wow, that's like a that's like a who's who of like pretty much not every, but so many women back from the eighties, right? Yeah. yeah, but you know, I I do want to say that that was a long time ago. And four divorces later, I've been blessed to find the woman of my dreams, and we've been married for the last two years. And I'll, I'll tell you, Max, she has really made me a better person. Well, that's that's good to hear. Um, you know, you mentioned that, like, being inside, like, fame, like like the bubble of fame. Right. And for people who are who have not experienced that... Um, what what is that like? Well, you know, it it has its good points and it has its bad points. Uh, the good stuff, uh, you know, just being able to afford things. I I come from the streets, you know, where I didn't have a lot growing up. So just, you know, being able to to afford not even nice things, but just you know the 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 things that make life a little better every day. That that was a, a big thing, you know, and. Uh, what else? Uh, being able to create the music and make the videos that we wanted without interference from anybody, that was a big thing. I think our record label knew that we knew what we were doing, so we were able to make these very successful records, these very successful videos, without you know uh, too many cooks getting in there. Um, what else? Not having to pay for things was, was, was great. Uh, not having the normal rules of marriage apply to me was, was really nice. Um, and of course, making people eat weird things for money. That's probably the five that were the biggest. Oh, and uh, of course, the sex, obviously. <laughs> lots and lots of that. Okay. What? No, we get it. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> I was doing this PSA about reading once at a public library, and I... Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. All over the index cards. Oh, Jake, I had to, I had to bleep that whole thing. What? Really? Yes. All of it. I thought your show was on Flint Radio. Flint Radio. What is yeah. Flint Radio? Like Hustler. Hustler Radio. Hustler? No, this show doesn't have any affiliation with Hustler. Well, that's just sad. I don't think I've ever heard anything sadder. 
you've never heard anything sadder than that a show doesn't have affiliation with Hustler. Hang on. No. Okay. All right. Well. But on, on the other side of it, you know, the other side of, the, of that coin, uh, people, when you're really famous, people look at you like you're some kind of god, and they look to you for guidance, and that can be a bit much. It's like, you know, I, I'm just a million-selling recording artist. I, I'm not like a, 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 a someone on high like Jesus or, or Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and he's going all the way this this election. Yeah, no, he, me. sure, no, he, he won't. There's no way that it's it's August of 2015. There's this definitely sustains for another 13 months. Oh, it has. Another I'm sure fifth, it will. Another I'll 15. tell you one thing: yeah. you won't be getting an interview. You know why? Why? Because he'll say you're a total disaster. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure. Well, I guess that's my loss then, uh, Jake. Um, getting back to the music stuff, um, your Blue Savage was one of the biggest bands of that era in the late 80s and you guys had hits you played like like hockey arenas and it's like as big as a band can get when you know and um but you know it's i guess i guess i'm gonna i guess i'll try to be I'm not going to try to be offensive here, but I do want to ask you something about like what what do you think the reason uh, is that things started to kind of go uh, south for you and and uh, Blue Savage? Nirvana. Nirvana. Yeah, yeah, they came out of nowhere, and nobody was doing anything like what they were doing, and kids that uh, kids had never heard anything like this this before and you know so they became the thing that kids had to check out and bands like blue savage and van halen totally fell by the wayside Mm -hmm. yeah um hey no offense uh but there's this whole uh (laughs) a lot of metal bands always say that you know they everything was going great and then nirvana came along and then suddenly they weren't popular anymore yeah. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of other bands doing things just like Nirvana and uh, other bands. Um, yeah. There was like there was like Mud Honey. Who? Yeah, it's a band. And, you know, a lot of bands on Sub Pop, a lot of the S- Seattle bands and just a lot of what? Rock, a lot of rock bands. And there were a lot of indie bands who were just. Doing the same type of thing, but they just weren't. Oh, like Redbone. Like Red uh, Redbone. Yeah, Indian bands. No, not no indie, indie, independent. Like race um, car bands. No, not like no, not race car. It's look, Nirvana definitely played the game really well to make it as big as they did, and right, um, and. You said bands like that, that Blue Savage and, and Van Halen just took it, you know, what did you say? Fell by the wayside, I think yeah. you said. And it's like, I mean, not to nitpick, but Van Halen had nowhere near the dip in popularity that, that you guys did. Jesus, my publicist said this is going to be a puff interview. What's that? I said my my publicist said this was going to be a puff interview. A puff interview. Yeah, I mean I look. I, I listened to a couple episodes of your show while I was at the gym getting fully ripped. Uh huh. And going by what I heard, I thought this was going to be like an hour of us talking about what sub shops we don't like. Uh huh. Or what candy bars have our shorts in a wad this week. Okay. Okay. So or what TV characters yeah. nobody remembers are so stupid they're awesome. Uh All right. Or how Billy Joel is the undisputed second coming of Hitler and all things evil. Uh-huh. Yeah, or uh, who was the second unit third AD on Cabin Boy. Okay, yeah. All right, that's that's, en- that's enough. Of, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just busting your bees there, Tex. Uh-huh. Yeah, but getting back to your question, okay, maybe grunge wasn't the only reason for our dip in popularity. 
a, a substantial section of our small-minded Fairweather fans couldn't handle the fact that I was a full-on Renaissance man, little Timmy. Uh-huh. Tom, it's Tom. Oh, sorry, little Tommy. Just Tom. Okay, well, anyway, I never wanted to be penned into this box of just being a kick-ass rock star. Okay. You know, I, 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 I was a businessman. I had my own line of Flamin' Jake Tempest hot sauces that I sold during the stage, sold on stage during concerts. Yeah. Like, literally, from the stage. Yeah. And not, not you telling people to go get it at the merch table. Right. It was you grabbing a box of the stuff mm -hmm. and then kind of it's very odd when you watch clips on line of, of you guys like playing and then suddenly you're you're sitting at the edge of the stage with boxes of hot sauce making change for fans in like an 18,000 seat arena no one had done it before you know mm -hmm. i was a true groundbreaker but that really angered my bandmates you know, but then they started selling their own hot sauces during the shows, you know. So at one point, there was five of us doing these onstage transactions. Mm -hmm. You know, it was crazy. Yeah, it makes for, it sounds like a great show. Yeah, there were like several times when there was no music for like 13 minutes. While all the members of the band have their own respective hot sauces. Yeah, and, and it got it got really embarrassing and uncomfortable when you'd have to ask like I, I'd have to ask Tony the, the drummer if he could you know if he could make change for a fifty you know, who's mm -hmm. who's buying hot hot sauces with a fifty you know back then you you got me right yeah right that's a question for the ages right yeah who, who's who buying hot sauces with a fifty back then that one that might as well be in the pyramids or something right? like like. I could picture that them like unearthing that on like a on like a, a in a temple somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, they didn't wear pants back then. Back then they didn't? No, the Egyptians. Uh -huh. They still don't. They still don't. I, I no. think they do currently wear pants. No, they wear like the string and they got like a little flap on the front. No, people in Egypt wear pants. I'm a hundred percent sure now ninety nine point nine percent sure yeah. they don't. Well say okay. Yeah. Well, let's get back on. Oh, talk, sure, talk. sure. You know, I, I, you know what else cheesed people off? I, I wanted to be in movies, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, like I'm from the streets, and I always saw myself, you know, in, in films as being, you know, kind of like a cross between. Uh -huh. uh, I, I, uh, I, I think I, you, <laughs> guys like you, right? Ralph, um, if I can guess, you probably saw yourself as like a cross between. Pacino and De Niro. How do you know that? Because because those are the only two actors that everyone who ever says they're from the streets uh, has a, and wants to be in movies, and they those are the only two actors that they want to that they model themselves after and want to be like. I am not into your tone whatsoever. It's it's really getting under my skin. I don't like it. I find it insulting. Uh, but getting back to me, you know, I, I took a chance and I, I auditioned for some of these flicks. And you know, sometimes you got to throw coffee to the wind and just go for it. You know, so I, I was blessed and I got those roles. Yeah, I, I remember you had some. You were in a couple things back then, right? In like the late eighties. Like oh, well. what? Like what? What were they? Again, I'm not. <laughs> oh really. man, another podcaster who really puts in the time researching his guests. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. Uh, I guess I let me go to IMDb. I'll do it myself then. I'm sorry, Mister Tempest. Oh, okay. Um. Well, in my in my defense, there's a reason why I maybe didn't recall a lot of these titles. What? Uh, Hot Streets, Compounded Desires, Scuba School, Pray for Desire, The Craving, Untamed Desires. Oh, Blood Puddles uh, Blood Puddles Two: The Oozing. That's yeah. a Trent Strauss movie. 
The Master. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Moving Violations 3. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a Moving Violations 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was that, great. That's the Joel Murray. 2 was Mike Murray. So, because Joel Murray is Bill Murray's brother. Yes. He was the star of Moving Violations 1. Yeah. Then 2 had Mike Murray, who yeah. I guess you would refer to as Joel's brother. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Who yeah. was in 3? Well, I, I was in it. I, I didn't star in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Gene Simmons started it. Wow, he's hilarious. He he really does seem like he would have a, a deft uh, touch with comedy. I learned so much from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like our generation's Chaplin. He, yeah, just a real kind of like light on his feet, very graceful. No, I meant, no, I meant like he's he's like a minister, a chaplain. Oh, like a, cha- oh, a chaplain. A, a spiritual leader. Okay. Okay. I didn't think you... Sure. A couple other things. Secretary of State Tennis. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Murder on the, Ori- on the Oriental Express. And then Scuba Night School. And Oriental Desires. These, this is... Man, this is quite a list of movie credits here, Jake. Like, uh... Not exactly, uh... You know, well, it's like <laughs> I I just realized that you had Scuba School and Scuba Night School. Was one the sequel to the other? What do you think? Well, I'm assuming maybe it's a the, a leading question. Um, they weren't. Yeah. Okay. Well, they weren't. Okay. No. Well, Jake, I gotta say, you really were. You got to. You were really carving it out there. Uh, real. Real. Uh, Pacino De Niro territory. I know, right? I, I'm just so blessed to have had such great filmic opportunities. And I'll fill you in uh, on a little secret for you and, and whatever handful of listeners you've got. Uh-huh. It was between me and John Bon Jovi as to who was going to be the really big movie star of that era, you know, coming from the rock world. And it's no secret that my acting chops were and continue to be miles better than John's. But John had better management, and you know I'll, I'll tell you, my my manager he pulled choke job after choke job and dropped ball after ball when it came to my career. Uh huh, uh huh, just just no 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 control over any of it. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh, just choke job after choke job. Yep. And then your manager dropping ball after ball. Yep. Right. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, um so you just kept dropping your your balls over and over, right? He, one after the other. He sure did. And, uh-huh. and I'll tell you Oh, I get it. I get you. I get what you were doing there. It was a, it was a ball joke. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You're well, a real funny man. Well, I couldn't resist you just served that right up for me to to I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. Listen, you mealy mouth little nerd boy. I'm going to Oh my God! Calm down, Jake. Just have another smoothie, and you'll feel better, like like you always do. Hey, Maria. Maria, can you get me another one of those smoothies, please? Jake. Thank you. Jake, what what's yeah. uh, what's going on over there? Oh, nothing. I, I had this Mexican woman who helps out around the house, and I, I just asked her if she could bring me one of these, these great s- smoothies that, mm-hmm. she, that she makes. They're really good. They're very, they're very hot. Yeah, me- a, a Mexican woman, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you got a Mexican woman helping you. I sure there. do, yeah. yeah not, She's not, great. Yeah, not just a woman, Mexican. Um, hey, uh, not to dredge up the past, but you just lost your temper because – You've been busting my chops all night long, and then I gave it back to you a little bit, and then you just blew up there, and that was kind of like the the outbursts that, that you were kind of known for back in your heyday. Like, your temper was pretty hot and got you in a fair amount of trouble. Right, right. Well... Look, it's, it's no secret. You know, I, I at one point I had 
very public feuds going with at least, I, I don't know, a hundred different people and corporations. Uh-huh. Like, can you remember who? Oh, off the top of my head? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me think. Um, uh, D. Snyder, um, James Hetfield, Burger King, the, the, the chain, uh, Tico Torres, Bobby Dahl, uh, Burger King, the individual, Morris Day, uh, David Ogden Steers, Doris Day, uh, the city of Ogden, Utah, uh, Ace Freely, Pam Dauber, Ace Hardware, uh, the makers of Pam Cooking Spray, um, Andy Summers, who else? Bill Bixby, Donna Summer, uh, the makers of Porta Sand Toilets, uh, Chris Barnes from the Bad News Bears, Steve Vai, the makers of Porta Let Toilets, uh, Chris Barnes from Cannibal Corpse, uh, what else? Uh, Charo, uh, Ricky Rockman, Char Grill, the restaurant in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, Vince Van Patten, Ricky Lake, uh, who else? Mm, Patton Oswalt, uh, Greg Lake, Lake Champlain, the lake, uh, who else? Uh, and uh, oh, Eddie Trunk. Yeah, who could forget him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Eddie Trunk, yeah. do you ever play Trunk Drunk? Tr- trunk Drunk. What is yeah, Trunk? Yeah. No, what is Trunk Drunk? It's this drinking game. It's so much fun. What you do is you listen to Eddie's podcast, and every time one of his guests mentions a famous rocker and Eddie inserts himself into the story, you take a drink. Okay. Like if someone like Billy Sheehan mentions Joe Elliott and Eddie says, I was talking to Joe just the other day, you take a drink. And like every time he says something like, I was in town doing a book signing, you take two drinks. And every time he says something like, blank, 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 is a very good friend, you take three drinks. And every time he mentions UFO, you have to, pay, have to drink a whole beer. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I know, uh, you know, Eddie Trunk uh, and the, the That Metal Show dudes have really given you the business, like busted on you for some of the clothes you wore back then. Yeah, they sure did. But I'll tell you what, those double XL angel shirt wearers, they got no clue about show business whatsoever. I was and am still a showman, okay, an entertainer. Mm-hmm. And when you're an entertainer, you have to make an impact visually, and that's exactly what I did and I continue to do. Sure. Um, look, I mean, I, I, that's that's all true and fair, but, you know, uh, I mean, so, some like some of those outfits back in the day, hold on. What are you doing? Hold on one second. Um. <laughs> what are you? Come on, you dink. What are you doing? <laughs> nothing, nothing. I just, what is it? No, I just did a Google image search of your name and just, I mean... <laughs> So, I mean, some of these outfits you wore back then certainly did make an impact. Uh, you know, like here you are, you've got like your, your, it's like a, like a unitard with studs all over it. Yeah. That's cut down the, like in a V all the way down to your navel and, and it's like it's like then there's this other one that looks like you're wearing like almost like hot pants and yeah. like sus- like suspenders just oh, suspenders yeah. on the top and it's got like a i guess it's like a pseudo military feel to it yeah sergeant rock that was my name on that tour uh-huh and then there's this like red leather get up and you're wearing like a bandana so this must have been a little later in the run you've you're you've got a bandana tied on your head and i have a mask on right because i was the kissing bandit for part of the show mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i'd go into the crowd and just kiss uh people uh-huh well these outfits are pretty yeah i guess you you definitely did make an impact oh 
Sounds like you're not into it, but I'll, I'll tell you what. They said Da Vinci dressed like a sexually confused Technicolor hairdresser on LSD, too, so I'm in good company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I'll tell you another thing that, that really got under my skin uh-huh. was when people were constantly saying that Blue Savage wasn't heavy enough. It's like, oh, you're not heavy enough. You're, you, your new record's like a pop record. You're not heavy enough. Well, I'll tell you something, man. Mm-hmm. This new album, Back in the Saddle. Yeah. It's the heaviest thing anyone has ever heard, ever. Really? Oh, yeah. The heaviest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It positively destroys everything that's ever been out there. Okay. I, I've, I'd love to play the first track, if that's cool. Um, okay. Yeah, let me get it. Hang on, let me get it rolling here. Right, was that the that was the track? Yeah, that heavy enough for you, brain dead cretinous heshers. Whoa, wait, that was the th- what was that? That was the song. Yeah, yeah, that's the first song, the title track on my new album, and it's so heavy that it will literally make the CD pop out of the player. That ought to shut everybody up, right? Uh huh. So, so basically, you haven't put an album out in twenty years, and you're you're sabotaging your like your first solo album in twenty years to make some point that you weren't heavy enough. So. The first thing is what was that like a boulder or something? You know, I gotta say, uh, Jake, this this seems way too crazy for for me. And maybe you're too crazy for me. Uh huh. Well, yeah. uh, maybe I am too crazy for you, but I'm talking about you right now. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, and you know, if it's gonna <laughs> make the yeah, I guess it's a good thing that like uh most of your your sales are going to be MP3s uh through downloads at this point. Oh, well, I had that covered too. The song is going to make your computer and your iPhone shut itself off. What's that? so Yeah, when you play it, everything's going to shut down. So when you play that song, when you said it makes the CD pop out of the player? Yeah. You were you were you weren't being figurative there. No, it literally shoots it out. It li- so that like triggers it like electronically. Yeah. And then just to make sure that anybody who downloads it, yeah, that when they hear it, because you're trying to make some point about how heavy it is. So to prove how heavy your music is, if you download the MP3s, something in it triggers the the thing to shut your iPhone down. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it's pretty well, cool, isn't it? No, I mean, it's, it's going to shut people up no, for sure. No, it's not going to shut people up. It's crazy. No, it's not. No, that's as nuts as anything I've ever heard. No, it's not. Jake, that's... What's that? Oh, that's terrible! Maria! You put way too much cayenne pepper in that thing, and there's not enough ginger! You better get your buns back in there and try again! On the way! Delay. Well, how can you talk to someone like that? That's like super offensive. I can talk to anybody the way anybody well, any way I want yeah, to talk. And to I them. can tell you, I can tell you that it's offensive, and you shouldn't talk to your housekeeper like that. It's, 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 it's brutal, and 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 it's it's just offensive. Well, I certainly can talk to her that way if she's my wife. You racist white bastard. Wait, that Maria is your wife. Yeah. Ugh. I don't I don't like that. And I really don't like the whole idea that the person if somebody's gonna still be a fan of yours, then and they buy the record that they literally have to reload the C D or restart their computer so that they can hear the rest of the album. Well, you know, when they do put it back in they, and they do reboot up, they're going to be rewarded with some of the best country music they've ever heard. So it all works out. Uh, con- country? Yeah. Why? 
it's, it's well, I guess I, I probably should have predicted it because it's so on the nose that you would make a country record at this point in your career. Well, why wouldn't it be? I'm country to the bone. Country to the bone. You were saying five minutes ago how much you were from the streets. Well, for your information, I have a farm in the south. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm out there every day plowing the fields. Uh-huh. You have a farm in the south. Uh, what, yeah. what state in the south? Well, it's in South Maryland. South Maryland? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm a crab farmer. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. No, it's not. I mean, I love getting on my horse every morning and, you know, heading out there into the crab fields. <laughs> Your horse. Well, honestly, it's it's actually a, a, a skidoo, and honestly, someone else drives it. But I'm the one yelling out to the workers what crabs to kill. Uh-huh. What crabs to kill? I thought you were, you meant you plowed actual fields. Oh, well. <laughs> I, I, it depends what kind of fields we're talking about plowing at that point. Ugh, I really, I really, I really hate that. I'm not sure if you're crying or. Being, I'm laughing. You're laughing. Okay. All the way to El Banco. Uh, okay. Yeah. Don't like it at all. Nope. So country music, huh? Yeah. That's yeah. Your... You know, I, I've already got 50 songs written from my next album. <laughs> another another thing I love is people talking about how many songs they've got ready when they go into record an album as if anybody would go into the studio with like 50 50 songs. Um so these songs you've got these 50 songs are they uh, they're all fully formed uh songs well uh not all of them some of them are just like you know i could best describe it as little country swatches oh country swatches yeah yeah um yeah well i i think we'd all love to hear some of your uh country swatches oh well i i don't actually have the demos with me or my guitar mm -hmm. but i'll i'll uh I'll do it acapella if, if if that's cool. I think you'll I think you'll you'll your audience will love it. Sure, I would love to hear it. All right. Well, uh, one goes like, uh, she got them painted on jeans, and I wanna peel off right now, and I wanna turn them into a Jesus quilt. Oh, uh, uh, there's another one. Um, Get inside my pickup truck, lady, and I'll show you how to work my tape deck. Uh. Oh, there's one that's great. It goes, uh, she got her panties in a bunch, so I'm taking her to lunch this Thursday. She caught me tapping other girls, so I'm buying her some pearls on Friday. Oh, but my, my best one is, is uh, we got Hank on the radio. A cooler, for a, a, a cooler full of beer, and we're heading to the rodeo. Gonna get her done before quitting time. <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> Jake, I want to congratulate you. Those are some of the dumbest lyrics I've ever heard. And what? That last one might have been the laziest lyric and the dumbest lyric I've ever heard. Maybe you're the laziest and the dumbest lyric I've ever heard. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I don't think you know good country when you hear it. Well, I maybe I don't know good country when I hear it, but I certainly know bad country when I hear it. Well, when and, did you hear some? Uh, just about 30 seconds ago. Wait, what? I, I, heard a, I heard a whole lot of it. Oh, well, well Nashville d doesn't think so. You know, I'll tell you, man, I did this record in Nashville, and those old session guys, they loved me. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They couldn't believe this long-haired rocker guy wasn't afraid to tell them they were doing it all wrong. Uh -huh. Oh, and I'm sure they loved that. Oh, yeah, yeah. They loved it so much that they they initiated me into the country brotherhood. <laughs> what is the country brotherhood? Well, how it works is this. They come up behind you when you're not expecting it. Uh-huh. They tie a bag over your head, and then they give you what what's called the country wallop. Uh-huh. The country wallop. Yeah, yeah. What is that? 
they hit you over the head with a tire iron multiple times. Uh-huh. And then they take you out to Hendersonville. Uh-huh. And they drop you off in the woods with no shoes. Uh-huh. And then eventually when you make your way back to Nashville, yeah. you have to carry everybody's gear around for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They said they only deem one initiate worthy of this every, like, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years. And this time they picked me. Uh-huh. Yeah. They said the last initiate was Ronnie Lee Keel. <laughs> Ronnie Lee Keel. Yeah. The guy who was known as Ron Keel from the another another hair metal clown who made a feeble attempt at making it in country music. Hey, you can't talk to Fungi that way. What's that? You can't talk to Fungi that way. I, wait, I can't talk to who what way? Fungi. Fungi. Yes. For your information, I'm the voice of Fungi, the hard rock and toenail fungus in those Kernco Fungo Way commercials. Oh, that's you? Yes. <laughs> well, those are the dumbest commercials I've ever seen. What? It's, yeah. It's this like, it's like this toenail fungus trying to, and it's like, like with a guitar behind it as if right. it's like. As if it's like, like, as if it's like, like, uh, extreme. It is. Uh-huh. It's not as heavy as back in the saddle. Yeah. And then you get sprayed by the, fun- by the, the spray and then you, and then you just shrivel up. Ah, uh, fungal way, no! Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well. No one can do it like me. Uh-huh. Well, congratulations on that. Oh, you know, fungi rules and you drool and you know it. And I'll tell you one thing. What's that? That's just one of the beloved product mascots that I give voice to. Like, who? what else do you do? Well, I'm also the voice of uh, Toilet Todd in the Elger Toilet commercials. Uh-huh. I'm the voice of Carl the Urinal Cake in those Elger Urinal commercials. Uh, I'm Thicky the Toilet Paper Roll in those Quilt Right bathroom tissue spots. And I'm also Gnarly Jack, the jock itch rash in those jock rid cream commercials. Wow. Well, that's a real, uh, real, real collection of, of proud, uh, proud characters in your stable. I know. And I'll tell you one thing. I even did a Bob's Burgers the other day. Wait. <laughs> you're, you're on Bob's Burgers? Yeah. Have you heard of it? Oh, yeah. No, I've heard of it. Yeah. Everyone who's anyone is on it. Have uh-huh. you been on it? Um, no, I haven't. Oh, man. Well, I guess they're making some right decisions. Yeah. <laughs> you know who else is oh, on my episode? Nice. Who? Jeff Galuli. Jeff Galuli? Yeah. The, from the Tanya Harding scandal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, oh, my, you know, this is, this is just beyond the pale. This is just, you, you've got all the tood still. Right. Uh huh. But uh, but you know you've gone from being like the the millionaire glam metal rock playboy to to being the voice of like fungus and jock itch rash. Yep. Uh huh. And you don't see any difference or drop off with that. You're happy with where you're at. Yeah, couldn't couldn't be happier. I'm I'm totally I'm totally blessed. Uh huh. Yeah, well, right where I want to be. Yeah, you don't sound particularly convinced. No, Tom, I'm totally blessed. Uh huh. Well, you got my name right at least. Right. Yeah, Tom. That's one thing. That's gotta. Hang on. What's what's going on out there? Hang on. Oh no. What? Wait, let me get a better look at this. Oh no. Oh no. What? Oh my god. Maria must have gotten mucho tired of my guano. Uh huh. And made some calls. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh no! Yeah. Dios mio! That Mexican death mobile has stolen!
Dos Bonitos. So two horns. Okay. What's what's going on there, Jake? Oh no! It's El Chapo. He's standing in my driveway. Okay, El Chapo. Oh my God! What? He just started. He just took out and set up this Mexican catapult. You're never gonna guess what what's in the catapult. What? I have no idea. It's a VW Rabbit. He's gonna launch it at me. Uh huh. Oh, no! Hey, uh, Jake, this might not be the best time to ask, but, like, wh- why, what differentiates a catapult from what you're calling a Mexican catapult? You know, that's a really good question. And then I'll, I'll tell you one thing. It, it's a lesson for yours truly not to make assumptions about things. You know, it's... it's uh, it actually reminds me of, of of this time I was I was partying with uh, with Ozzy. And, uh, oh no! What? Oh no! He shot it. Yeah. Ah! Yeah, my house is totally glass. Hello, Jake. Oh my God! That's it. He's gone. Oh my goodness. Oh, jeepers creepers. Who could have? Oh my goodness. This house was totally glass. Could never have. I guess that's why you don't live in glass houses, huh? Thanks again, everybody, for listening to Best Show Best. And I want to thank Martin DeGrell for uh, supervising the episodes. I want to thank Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Martine Sellis, Brendan McDonald, AP Mike, John Worcester, of course, and you. And once again, listen to The Best Show live each and every Tuesday night on your computer at thebestshow.net. Thanks so much. <laughs>